Hey, Cassettes. Welcome to this episode of the Black Case Diaries. I'm Lisa. And I'm Andy. And this week, we will be doing the not-so-brief case of Twister. What's up? Absolutely. So as you may have guessed, uh, we are, in fact, not Robin, Marcy, and Adam. Uh, we are two human beings and not the same people. So Can you, can you imagine? Yeah. So for those of you who may not be aware, uh, there is a little thing called the Podcast Secret Santa going on this week. Uh, where another po- another show that we still don't know who they are will be taking our show. Um, and, of course, we're taking this one. And there's a good chance that Rob and Marcy and Adam are listening to this episode right now and did not know who was doing their show until this exact moment. So uh, you're they so might rad. be just as surprised as you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they are surprised. I hope they're happy too. Yeah. I, you know, we, uh, uh, I've been listening to a bit of the Black Case Stars myself. May I also say mm-hmm. that I also, as I told Andy, for the longest time, I before I got to listen to an episode, I always thought Black Case Diaries was a was a true crime podcast. <laughs> so my my surprise when I was like, oh. It is not that. And I was yeah. like, well, I've, you learned something new. I always thought for a long time. Because, yeah, because we've done shout outs to them many times on the show, but I, I don't think I ever explicitly said what it was. Anyways, uh, introductions are in order. Uh, we are the hosts of a show called 90s Court, um, which is a show where we take two things from the 90s and pit them together in court. Uh, for example, like Tommy Boy versus an Adam Sandler film. Just, you know, all kinds of movies, video games, snacks, uh, music. Uh, anything basically that can fa- that came in the '90s, we will put it together in court. And so, needless to say, this is the first time ever that Lisa and I will be covering the same thing together in a joint effort, rather than combating each other. That's that's challenging. This is it weird. Is. This is new. I know ter- <laughs> it is. Yeah. So sharing is caring, Andy. And I will say this. So so I've been obviously I've listened to I listen to the Black Case Diaries regularly. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that we drew their name was extremely fortunate, just because I know this show very well, because uh, I know Robin, Marcy, and Adam already, um, and we've, you know, like I said, we've swapped promos for our shows in the past and everything like that, and we've always been close on Twitter, um, and so uh, very excited to be able to do this show. I hope we do them uh, proud. Uh, we did call this one a short, a briefcase, <laughs> I'm sorry, a briefcase, <laughs> exclusively because those episodes are usually less professional (laughs) and we didn't want to and i i was just like i literally could not just so you know understand i could not achieve the level of excellence that robin achieves every week when she does the editing on her show so just know that uh, that is an immense amount of work that she does and i know she always does a great job with it so shout out to robin and the crew on uh on the editing and everything with the show yeah absolutely um and Lisa here, um, in honor of Marcy's drink of the week, Ooh. I have um, a sweet Shiraz, which is made by the company Jam Jar, a sweet mm. Shiraz, and I put in some club soda, and um, I do not like it, and I will call it, <laughs> I'm calling it the, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to call it. The but suck essentially, zone. The suck, the suck, <laughs> thank you, Andy. This is the suck zone, and you know why? Because it sucks, and I, and you know what? People like... I love tornadoes. The vast majority of people don't like tornadoes. I don't like this drink. There. Boom. Nailed it. <laughs> you're you're Nailed like, it. this. Is, it's the every people's drink. Even though Lisa loves them to death, most people are like, oh, this is a dangerous force that could kill and destroy property. But Lisa and says, this no. A, this, this is, is a, a watered-down Shiraz that just tastes like <laughs> like like spicy water. I don't like it. Spicy so, water. But you are not here to listen to me complain about my suck zone drink, you are here because we are talking about 
um, an amazing film. And it's one that inspired an entire generation, myself included. Okay. So this is a big one for me. This is huge for me. We are talking about the one, the only Twister. Absolutely. And, and just a real quick note, our very first episode of 90s Court <laughs> was, yeah. was Twister versus Independence Day, the two huge films that came out in 96. Um, mm-hmm. So I, it was one of those things where we covered it so long ago that we just were like, you know what, there's a reason we did this on the first episode because it's such an amazing movie. And mm-hmm. I kind of was sad that I couldn't cover it, but now I get to talk about it too. Yeah, and before and before we get started, let me say this: I, if you listen to Nineties Court, you know I, Lisa, am uh, I'm I'm a mother, I'm a seamstress, I do this podcast. I'm also a storm chaser. Um, it is because of this movie that I am a storm chaser. I've been doing it for a few years now, and and Andy was along the, with me this this year when I caught my my very first one, it and was, then two more like a few days later. You have to understand, <laughs> so, this was like it was like being the uh, like her brother when this happened like the pride and joy that i felt when she finally (laughs) after talking the entire show about how she's never seen a tornado after chasing them for so long and then seeing video and pictures of her with a tornado like hugging and embracing one another i couldn't couldn't help but be proud you ever fist bumped an ef1 (laughs) i have i have i have not fist bumped an ef1 but so i just want to preface that that the reason this is such an important film for us to cover especially for myself is that i am a storm chaser it is because of this film i've put a ton of hours on my car or miles on my car this year because mm-hmm. of storm chasing. And, and I always think of this film and this is like, this is the, the Holy grail of the storm chasing community. We like, they, they can quote this movie like nobody else. It's amazing. So let's, let's get into it. This, like I said, this film digs into the chaotic, but of course, adrenaline pumping world of storm chasing and learning about tornadoes. It is a whole thing. It is adrenaline chasing. The same sensations they felt in these cars, all these chases are things that I 100% have felt myself on the road. Um, it's a whole thing. So uh, this film was the second highest grossing film of 1996, ranking just behind, wasn't it Independence Day? Yeah. Isn't that correct? <laughs> so yeah, I know. But uh, honestly, Independence Day, you know, cre- give credit where credit is due, right? So uh, this movie, Twister, brought in just shy of uh, $500 million to the box office, which is no big feat. I mean, know, especially, no, no like, indep- I, I wonder how Independence Day compared to other stuff in the 90s because $500 million is so much. So much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and by the way, it has a killer cast. Are you, are you going overcast? You oh, yeah. Cast? I'm going to be going overcast for okay. sure. So we've got huge killer cast. Amazing. Like the people that pop out in this movie would be like, excuse me, what? That's right. That person's in there. And then it also features some heavyweights behind the scenes. So the film was directed by Jan Deboot. Is that right? Did I write that right? Or did just... Nailed it. Deb- <laughs> Thank you. Okay, cool. My I'm always concerned if my text edit changed stuff. Uh, screenplay written by Michael Crichton and Anne-Marie Martin and was executive produced by Steven Spielberg. You might know that name. Walter Parks, Laurie McDonald, and Gerald R. Mullen. So the the movie follows a group, like I said, it follows a group of storm chasers on a day of severe of a severe tornado outbreak in Oklahoma. This is a very normal thing. Well, totally not everything normal. that happened during this, but like <laughs> this is a real thing that does happen. This is legit a scenario that would happen. So Can, it's not so the situation that they see sorry. is not unusual. So wait, I'm sorry. Did you just say that the the situation that happened in this film was not unusual? Well, I mean, not like not all of it, but there when there are outbreak days, this uh-huh. is definitely something you're like, Duh, another tornado. <laughs> like I know there's I, there are days like that. I'm a, I'm a novice, obviously, but when when you hear the the comments and notes that I have, you are going to be like, <laughs> oh, you're right. You know what? Maybe this wasn't super normal day. 
it wasn't a super normal day. Like certainly some of this is just hilarious, but whenever, whenever they're a day, especially if you just a pro tip, if you are not into storm chasing, if you are interested in weather, but never really know it's the end of May, the the end of April to basically mid to late May is when stuff is just off the hook. And you like basically just don't live in Oklahoma from about April 13th to June 15th. Like just don't do it. So, or do, and then have a storm shelter and, and you're okay. I don't know. I didn't really know a good time to mention this, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that this movie gave so many people a false impression of how tornadoes work. <laughs> because it scared the pants off people. Because I remember, this was a, this is a really random story, but I was like 20, 22 or something like that. And I was working at this mm-hmm. hotel and I remember I was working the front desk and somebody came up and was asking about like the weather they heard there might be some tornadoes coming in there i was like oh yeah it's gonna probably be like an hour from here south or something like that and nope. you know it's just a watch <laughs> and they were like trembling scared because they oh. genuinely like i don't want to die <laughs> i'm like you don't under- like tornadoes are not gonna come and get you and especially not when they're going to be an hour south of here <laughs> So. Exactly. And and by the way, we don't live in the same place. We're not recording together. Andy lives in downstate Illinois, which is mm-hmm. a tornadic area. And I live in central Texas, which is also a tornadic area uh, just outside of Austin. Yeehaw. So we have experience with this a little bit. But um, was it now that we we're going to talk about cast? Or oh, sure. You know what? I'll go ahead and do this. So that way, when you're talking about the characters, it'll be a little easier. Sure. So, yeah, to go over the cast, um, the main cast, I'm going to go over a few characters that are mainly notable. So, obviously, we got our main characters, Bill Harding and Dr. Joe Harding, which are ex-spouses, played Oops. by Bill Paxton, you might know from all of the things, and Helen Hunt, <laughs> you might also know from all of the things. Uh, Dr. Melissa Reeves, fiancé of Bill Harding in this film. Uh, was played by Jamie Gertz. I wasn't as familiar with her. Um, she did have a very interesting Southern accent <laughs> in the film, though. I will note yes. that. Yes, uh, it's adorable, yeah. to say the least. D- Dr. Jonas Miller, who I would categorize as the semi-antagonist, because obviously the tornado is the antagonist. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> I consider them, for those of you who ever watched Power Rangers as a, ki- as a kid, they're like the bulk and skull of this film, meaning that they're just kind of like weird, annoying guys that are trying to bully power rangers in this movie mm-hmm. uh not that they're necessarily bad guys but they're just not great um and that one is played by carrie elwis uh who i can you tell me the pronunciation of that name because i just i think that's right because I, I was watching a lot of videos about that and they mentioned him a lot today. i believe i yeah. heard elwis we'll go with that. yeah so obviously if you aren't familiar with carrie elwis you may have known from such films as the princess bride glory mm-hmm. robin hood men in tights Liar Liar and so many other amazing roles. So Mm -hmm. um, he's been in a lot of them for a while because I think he just doesn't age ever. Like from what I can tell from watching it. Uh, Dustin Davis, uh, who is the member of Joe Harding's crew, who is super weird, played by, of course, the lovable Philip Seymour Hoffman, R.I.P. R.I.P. Who you might know from, well. All the good stuff. Basically anything that's good, you'll see his face and be like, oh, that's (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Um, Aunt Meg, uh, Joe's aunt, who they visit, played by Lois Smith. Rabbit Nurick, member of Joe's crew, played by Alan Ruck, uh, who you may know as Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I just wanted to mention that because I was like, hey, it's Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Um, and then Eddie, another actor I, I've seen forever. I've seen him multiple times. He was the driver of the bad guy crew. Um, oh, yeah, that guy. He's pl- is, uh, Zach, Zach Grenier. Um, who you may know from absolutely too many TV shows to name in the past 20 years. So just in the past yes. 20 years, he's just been all over TV. 
So, uh, and of course, so many other amazing actors. I just don't want to bog you down with every single character. Mm-hmm. But there's some good ones. So mm-hmm. well, let's get started on the movie, okay? Because there's I because I love tornadoes and because I love this movie, I take a lot of notes. So bear with me, folks. Um, but let's 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 talk. Let's talk to about where the movie it, it begins, okay? So we open up to see young Joe, young Helen Hunt's character, asleep in her home as a tornado warning is like going off on the TV, right? And it's, they're declaring that an F5 is heading toward their home, okay? And so her parents scoop her up and take her outside into the tornado. <laughs> now, I, I get it. Tornado shelters aren't just like in the house because then it would just be a part of your house. Tornado shelters are typically it'd underground. Be a bad, get it? It'd, be a, it'd just be a bad basement then. Yeah, that's just called a closet, dude. No, but the, 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 this storm shelter is underground. And so they take it. They have to take her out there. Everything's exploding. And, and then they realize the dog didn't make it in. So they you know they open it back up and the dog gets in. And then they're trying to, you know, the dad's trying to hold it shut as the tornado's roaring overhead. It's crazy, chaotic. And then he, he goes, I can't hold on. I'm, oh, no. And then the door lets go and he just gets sucked out. And, of course, he dies. And oops. I, I didn't remember if, if he died as a result of the dog being let in. Because I was about to say, wow, if he let the dog in and that's how he died, that would be so tragic. But no, he just was going to like... hold the door. Um, and mm-hmm. and may I just say, really amazing that this FI tornado that's more powerful than like anything rips the door off, rips him out. But people who are like three feet deep into the shelter are completely unfazed by the, by the suction were... of the tornado. <laughs> It was, it was that, you know, it's a social distancing thing. It's that space. That yeah, space it's just, it's just for space. That also works for tornadoes. It works for tornadoes. Did you know six feet's all you need to stay safe during a tornado? Boom. I would love Count to it. see that in a high school, like <laughs> on a flyer. <laughs> exactly. Mercifully, they will not put that there because that's not true. So let's continue on with the movie. Correct. We're fast, we're fast forwarding now. We're in present day and we see a dude named Bill played by Bill Paxton. Bill um, and his new fiance is a Mel- Melissa, right? Melissa? Correct. They're they're in a truck heading toward uh, where adult Joe is because Bill's trying to get the divorce paper signed. We see. Go ahead. If I'm being honest, if I'm being honest, weird weird day. I mean, this is a person who is a former storm chaser. He knows like how the weather is that day. Surely <laughs> he's checking the news, and yet he chooses this day of all days to go and get divorce papers signed. Oh, I bet he did. Oh, I bet today was the absolute day he had to do it, huh, Billy? You mm-hmm. knew what you were doing. You knew what was up. So he sees that she's out with all these other weather nerds out in the field, and, and they're, like, messing with machinery we don't yet understand. And then we meet adult Joe, Helen Hunt. And, and in trying to get the paperwork signed, they get sidetracked as Bill and Joe start getting in, like, this really heated discussion about, you know, this research probe situation that they're they're trying to work with with Dorothy. You remember Dorothy, right? Mm-hmm. So what essentially what they're trying to do is trying to create these sensors that will get picked up by a tornado and just go, go, go up into the tornado to kind of feed information about how tornado was formed. And then that'll help re, uh, increase the warning time from three minutes to like up to 15 minutes is their goal. Because in real life, tornadoes will drop without a tornado warning. That's just how this happens sometimes. That's mm-hmm. why there are chasers on the ground so that they can be the eyes and be like, yo, you're going to get dyed if you don't move. You're so going to get the, dyed. What color? That's tech. That's tech- technical terms. Technical terms, okay? So I, I, t- I took notes as a chaser. I, I couldn't help myself. Um, this is the point now where we get our first, like, meteorology, like, chaser lingo. Um, yes. One of the girls who's on the crew comes running up, and she says, NSSL, which is the National Severe Storm Laboratory, I believe, says the cap is breaking. Tower's going up 30 miles up the dry line. 
those are all factual things. Those are things that people say. Those are Lisa things just, to whether. Lisa just drooling so fiercely I, during this scene. I know when she said it, I was like, <laughs> it's me. I can go chasing, but I can't. I'm just watching a movie. Um, but yeah, those are real terminology. So I will say that in, in this movie, they really did do a good job of like walking the line of real weather sure. terminology, real weather information, and keeping it like cinematic. So Like the, like the scrubs of uh of tornadoes uh because they are very true to science which i will add because i know there's often a scrubs connection Ooh. um in different things that this is also a i don't know just kidding that's not a scrub is that is that is that it's apparently a thing some people say like six degrees or like two degrees of scrubs connection or something like that like anything will have some actor or someone involved with scrubs i don't know it's a weird how thing. fascinating um, i need to go back and watch scrubs i will say just just this opening scene where they go in there again i know we've talked about this recently mm-hmm. but Dr. Melissa Reeves, the Aww. fiance of Bill Hart. Like, I remember as a kid thinking, like, oh my gosh, she's such a diva. She's so out of touch. She's such a wuss. And then I'm watching this now and I'm like, this poor woman is so nice and so friendly and just trying her best to deal with an impossible situation. And everybody is just insane. And they're mm-hmm. just like, hey, let's drive into a tornado numerous times today. And she was just, she was pretty cool with it most of the time. All things considered. Yes, she was the biggest. I I try to give her credit in this because she, like, of someone who has no idea what they're doing, just gets roped into the craziest stuff. She's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I love you. Whatever, I'll do this. Yeah, that's fine. Mm, We'll see. We'll see how much you love this at the end of the day. So so this chaser with all the, the meteorology lingo announces that the cap is breaking, tower's going up. Everyone, including Bill and his fiance Melissa, end up racing off to this chase. And that's where the big old boy... Jonas Miller, aka the you know the chaser that sold out with some corporate sponsors. Mm-hmm. This is what was his Ellis. What's his first name? Yeah, El- I mean not that's Ellis. that's not the real. <laughs> yeah, that's not the no. actor's name. That's his last name. Yeah, his last name, but I cannot think of his first name off the top of my head. I should have written that down. But um, so he's he's the one who's like in it for the money, not for the science. That's one of the lines from the movie. And yeah. of course, his team is in all like slick bike vehicles, while Joe and her team are in like just whatever kind of i think one of them is even like a school bus like a (laughs) battered old school bus it's like they're just winging it and so um this also is a note i have to say this is what we call chaser convergence where all teams are all like multiple chasers so like jonas miller's team and joe and bill's team are all on this road and there are too many cars on the road and everyone's swerving that's called chaser convergence and oftentimes that's more dangerous than the tornado itself oh for sure safe kids yeah so they're all running around trying to chase everything. And then at a local stop, we find out that Jonas Miller's team has stolen the concept of Dorothy that Joe had. And they're launching their own machine of their own. And then this total brawl ensues, which is just kind of hilarious. And like I said, and then this is also the moment where Melissa has this heart to heart with Joe. And like you said, this is where we realize that this poor girl is just getting the butt. Like she's just going to get credit on yeah the she's movie. she's just like, like super nice and helen hunt is just so passive aggressive in this film yes. for no reason well she's um, just so like holier than now in this field in some way but it's interesting yeah and i will say just a couple notes on this this scene too was that i did think it was great that they obviously the the thing was called dot rather than dorothy so it was like a pretty mm. clear ripoff and most importantly <laughs> They're like, oh, you guys did circles for your thing? Because the little uh, detecting things inside of them were all these little balls that were circular Mm -hmm. in Dorothy. And they're like, we made ours cubes, so it's different. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Which is like the least aerodynamic shape you could possibly have, which is funny why they did that. But anyways. That's a funny observation. I didn't actually catch that good job on Mm -hmm. that one. 
Um, so suddenly Melissa is on a storm chase and all because we're just trying to get this divorce paper signed. And now she's suddenly like chasing her fiance's ex-wife in the car with them. I think at this point, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. This poor girl, uh, second, uh, meteorology lingo alert going green. Um, that's something that when the sky turns green, you've probably seen it if you sure. live in an area yep. where you get severe storms. So that's not an immediate sign that a tornado is coming. That's more just an indication that there's a lot of hail in the system. Just a little tidbit there. But that is a term that people use. Um, they also have the the sensation of like closing in on a storm just right with everyone in their caravan just blasting whatever music is amping them up and everyone's going nuts. And like, this is a real thing. Like the, <laughs> the, the day, the day my friend Heather and I caught our first tornado together, we were listening to of all things, taking back Sunday. I don't know why. Listen, you, you make, sometimes take... you make life choices and sometimes so they, you, you ask why. Right? No, no. We're listening to Frank Ocean the whole way up there. And then when stuff got going, it was like, now it's time for taking back Sunday. And that's what we did. <laughs> so, uh, so that will forever be tied to that, but it's a, it's a real thing. Um, and at this point I'm also laughing because Bill and Joe are writing and he's, he's Bill looks up and he goes, Mamatis. But those tops got to be spiking around forty thousand, and they're just mamatis is a type of cloud. I mean, it's right. just it's just funny to me. I'm gonna drop the lingo alerts. No, no, please. I, and more be, Lisa yeah. drooling once again during this scene. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying so hard not to like push my glasses up, but it's like I don't. I'm Oy. not the end all be all know all of all this <laughs> stuff either. So, so after a lot of arguing and dangerous driving, we get our first solid shot of the tornado, and it's just out in a field. Like what up? And it's just this lovely tubey boy, and he's the cutest thing. Aww. And but he, he backs a punch, okay. And so they end up off roading right to the side of the tornado, and it's and it like they're driving past it as it slams into a barn, and like all the special effects have this barn just like shredding into the air, right? And mm -hmm. so, oops, Joe and Bill slam into a bridge, and then they get out and run for safety under a bridge. Now, side note alert. I will, this is important. In case of a tornado, do not seek shelter under a bridge or overpass. That's always been something I think people thought you should do. Do not do that. Don't do that. Mm -hmm. You should actually the 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 safest thing to do if you're outdoors and in the path of a tornado is to lay as flat as you can on the ground. Bonus points if there is a ditch like the one they were in. Cover your head with your arms. Stay away from trees or cars if possible. So, um, also this is where I noticed this is the scene where I noticed that the the tornado was growling like a dog. <laughs> and that's not a sound that tornadoes make. It um, is. Listen, they took a little bit of artistic. <laughs> liberties yes. this one i they did i did also have some notes on this scene Please. as well like this is the first instance of many i will say because this is going to happen multiple times uh mm -hmm. that the tornado seems to be sentient and really hates tornado chasers in this film because yeah. like <laughs> if it was once you'd be like okay because the tornado was clearly going one way like it was about to pass them and keep going across the road but it's like, oh, hey, a truck, that looks delicious. And then it changes direction and goes right for them and hits them. And then immediately disperses the second it's finished. <laughs> yeah, it's just This like, happens oh, multiple times in the film. The tornado disperses, like, the second it's done destroying their truck or whatever. It's true. And, and, and like, tornadoes are temperamental little biatches. It's true. But, like, they, it felt like in this movie that you're right that they were fully magnetized towards Bill and Joe. And then it was like, I didn't get him. Maybe next time. But um, so after this this crazy sequence happens, the bridge gets kind of ripped up around them. They 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 survive, but they shift gears and they're going into Bill's truck now. And they immediately encounter the second, nay, third, and also fourth tornadoes um, of the film all at once. So this is the crazy scene. They dupe Miller's team as Bill's um, 
as Bill's like the tornado whisperer and he can kind of see that it's changing course. So they head a different direction and, and they end up intercepting the tornado as it's splitting into sister tornadoes over water. And this is probably the most recognizable scene of the film yeah. in that it's the part with the cows. I, Everyone remembers the cows. I, I had that exact. Th- I had that exact. I'll do the quick quote from that. Go for it. Cow. No. Cow. I got to go, Julia. We got cows. <laughs> Another cow. Actually, I think that's the same one. Uh, which, again, probably the most memorable line. And I will say this. Interesting fun fact. Mm-hmm. According to the book on the making of the movie, the CGI cow picked up by the twisters in this scene was originally a CGI zebra from Jumanji in 1995. No big deal. And they just like reskinned it as this. Um, I it is funny though, and I'm gonna I'm sorry, I'll let you get back to this, but no, no, this no, movie feels like like you're going through like a video game RPG, like where it's just like the sequence you fight like the easy boss, like the easy King Koopa, and then. <laughs> As you move yes. on, it's a little bit harder every time. It's just, it's so perfect that it's like the most, it's the most truly cinematic experience you'll get of just everything perfectly lining up in order that's of very, sequence. No, that's super true. It does feel like the first one is like an F1, then you get your slightly more gnarly ones at F2, then F3. The Vegeta scale goes, or enhanced Vegeta scale mm-hmm. now, goes from EF0 to EF5. Um and it did feel like they were working their way up to the five. That's funny. That's a good point. They had to, get, they had um, to level up and get experience before they could fight the level five. <laughs> that's right. Get some <laughs> HP points. Um, let's see. So uh, they try unsuccessfully to deploy Dorothy into this tornado, and it all falls apart, and Joe has this breakdown. And then she's confronted by Bill about how they're trying. Um, none of this is going to bring her father back. And then he admits that he's like still in love with her. And there's like a lot of conflicting feelings. Mm. And this is, this is a lot. There's a lot that's happening here because this is the point where like Melissa realizes like, Oh, this is kind of over for me. Isn't it? Like this is all kind of a wash. Isn't, so. isn't that, I was, didn't that happen during the next tornado? I think it did. I think I yeah. skipped some parts. I was gonna say we notes. we mainly we skipped the part where they went to the ants' house, which was very important to me. Oh shoot! Oh, you're um, right. They did go to the ants' okay. house. No, I'll, I'm sorry. I didn't write that because I was like, it's not I'll a big, it's not a huge deal. But later. yeah, so they go to just so you guys know. So there was a they made yes. a brief stop after these tornadoes. They're like, hey, we're pretty close to Wakita, uh, which is where mm-hmm. their aunt lives. They're like, no, guys, we are not invading my ants. And then this is the most like. Yes. Truly memeable, gifable moment, or gifable moment where mm-hmm. Dustin, Dusty, aka Philip Seymour Hoffman, is like, food, food. And then everybody's so like, good. food, food. Yeah. And then they go there and get steak and eggs and a whole bunch of grub before they uh, head back out. Yeah. And this is good because this is also the sequence where Melissa's getting like inundated with all the information about storm chasing mm-hmm. and different tornadoes. And this is where. She's learning about what, like we just talked about, the EF1 stuff, EF5. She's like, has anyone ever seen an EF5? Yeah, am I doing that right? Yeah, no. Who's seen an EF5? And they go, <laughs> oh, just, just one of us. And, of course, it's just Joe because it was I, the one that killed her father, right? Yeah. I actually had a line down from, from Melissa on this part was she, like, everybody's talking about, like, man, I saw an F4, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, hey, well, is there an F5? And then everyone in the room falls silent. Like someone just made a joke about something that was way too soon. Like everybody's like, like, too soon, like everybody looked down, like, like shaking their heads. No, like, oh man, we don't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. No, this is good. Thank you for bringing that back up. Cause I was reading my notes and I was like, I think this is what happens when you take notes when toddlers are crawling. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly that what happened. But so, so while they're at Aunt Meg's house, um, 
they're getting, you know, oh, oh, here comes the tornado again. By the way, tornadoes don't totally work like this way, but we'll go into that later. But but they're getting warnings that it's happening again, and so they all take off. And this is the one where they do have it's it's Bill and Joe, and they're off together. I think Melissa's get stuck with Philip Seymour Hoffman's character mm-hmm. at this point, and then they try to unsuccessfully launch Dorothy, and that's the one that it falls apart and breaks apart, and she just loses her yes. mind. And 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 you know, this is whenever you start to realize that Bill is still in love with Joe. He pretty much says it in front. And of course, Melissa is just falling. Yeah, it is funny that it just like the ham radio or whatever was just on still. And so she hears that message from very far away. And then she starts kind of looking down sad. I I do have a cool fact about this scene. I want to hear a cool fact. This was a massive hail scene, as you recall. Like this was the one where like the hail storm started. And then this was a tornado that kind of like kept dipping back and forth like over mm-hmm. and over again and they were like we yes. have to go or it's going to fall on us uh the hail i was even i'm watching it i literally googled the hail and twister when i saw this because it was so big it was so massive mm-hmm. so evidently the crew uh the crew re- regretted having hail in the movie at all uh, because they couldn't find ice blocks big enough in oklahoma for the hail making machine Wow. and they ended up having to have ice shipped in from all over the u.s and then they used milk along with the water to make the ice show up better on camera, which I oh thought that was very gosh. interesting. Cause I was like, it was very visible, wasn't it? So I was like, just a quick fun fact that apparently their ice for just that scene was way more work than they expected. And, and that is so fascinating to me. I did not know that piece of trivia. And of course I bet it stunk too, after all the milky water. <laughs> began <laughs> to like. Oh no. Ooh. I bet that was a stinky set. Um, by the way, big, a, a crazy hail is, is a real thing with big tornadoes there. If you have, if you're interested, if anyone listening to this is interested, there's a very popular chaser called Reed Timmer, T-I-M-M-E-R. Search Reed Timmer Gorilla Hail. And just this last year, you'll get to see a video of him getting his Subaru destroyed while he's sitting in the car by hail in like West Ouch. Texas. It's the craziest thing. It's super fascinating. But hail's a, a big thing. So um, so after they leave this, this sequence, we catch the crew that evening at a drive-in cinema. And and this is where Joe's signing the paperwork. So she's finally doing it. So after all this is going down, I, I don't know if she's having a change of heart or what, but she's just she's signing the paperwork. And at this it, point, go ahead. It, I think the reason she, which is weird, it was kind of like she it doesn't know what she wants, so she does this. Because this was like after this really emotional scene between the two of them where he's like, she's saying like, you've never seen it, miss this house and miss ha- that house and yes. then come after you. And then Bill says, killing yourself won't bring your dad back. Stop looking at your past and look what you've got right in front of you. It's mm-hmm. me, Joe. And that's where that was the scene that they heard. And then immediately after that, she's like, well, I can't handle this kind of emotion. So I'm just going to have to divorce this guy now. Um, like, you are not a tornado, sir. And therefore, I don't want to stay married <laughs> yeah. to you. So I'd like to divorce. Please. It's just funny like that. She was so like into him like the whole time. And then he tries to be nice and helpful. And she's just like, nope, I'm out. Did you know that's how people work sometimes? That's mm-hmm. how we do. That's how people work sometimes. Very much so, so. Very much so. So The Shining is now playing at this drive-in that they're at. And Bill and Joe are at the concession stand. And she, you know, everyone's getting coffee. And they're starting to talk about this. And she signed the paperwork. And they notice at that moment that the TVs are beginning to scramble. Okay. And then they get freaked out. And everyone's starting to have this, like, oh, no, look on their faces. As they realize that a tornado is coming at them in the dark. Again, tornadoes with a spiteful vengeance towards these chasers, just chasing them all I, over. Lisa Oklahoma. knows my feelings on this scene. We discussed it in the episode where we talked about it. 
Oh, share it. Do share for those oh, who yeah. haven't. It may so, not go bad. So this is this was the one where I'm like, this is the one that was over the top. Like, and I think is the mm. reason that like everybody is terrified. Because I know Lisa, the first time like in episode one of '90s Court, you even mentioned that they really can sneak up on you. But mm-hmm. like this one, the tornado was probably like a hundred feet from the screen when the lightning flashed and they saw it, and mm-hmm. it was making no noise. No one had any idea it was there if it were not for that TV having static. Yes. Um, and so it was just, I was like, this is so absurd that they're making it sound like it's like it's a sneak attack tornado that's just somehow making zero noise as it approaches. This is true. But I will also say, in thinking about this a little bit more, this film was made in 1996. Now, mm-hmm. in 1996, the, the warning systems, like they didn't have phones, like cell mm-hmm. phones and stuff like this. They didn't have that kind of, you know they didn't have the internet really full force everywhere. I don't know if it was really many places yet at that point. So you had to rely only on TV or radio, I believe, if not just the local tornado warnings themselves, like the sirens. And so there's a chance, but regardless of that, this was highly cinematic and less. Cause it was silent. There was like, you could see some like lightning in the, in the distance, but there was no rain or anything like that happening at the time. Just yeah. like a slight breeze had picked up out of nowhere at the last second. And then that's when they were like, everybody get into the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> everybody they, went they running. Don't always come, yeah, tornadoes don't always just come in like the Kool-Aid man. You typically have an understanding <laughs> oh, yeah. of what's going to happen. So like, and in the sequence, yes, in the sequence, things get really out of hand because they go into this like massive storage shed for safety and like everything and the kitchen sink is thrown at uh-huh. them inside of there like a car or <laughs> truck gets thrown at them and then like the galaxy drive-in or whatever it was called sign comes uh-huh. crashing and it is just the why i mean like explosions and things sparking and i mean and, and certainly i don't want to minimize the fact that there is danger with a tornado hitting a building that you're in this is true but this was just i mean this is hollywood so mm-hmm. who knows and so after this happens um they, we flash to Aunt Meg, who is back just happily sitting in her house in Wakita, and she's just like doing a cross stitch or whatever. And, and like, and, and the tornado is heading right for Wakita, and she doesn't know. She, but in fact, she's watching a movie that has, um, oh gosh, uh, the hair, the actress that plays Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah. She's watching a movie with that actress, and I think that's a fun little like nod to, to that. Um, but, this is where Bill and, and, and Melissa part. She knows that she does not have the same pool that Joe does and the, and the history that they have. And she's just like, you know what? I'm going to find my way home. You go. And so they, they just... so poor Melissa. And she, it's... and it like, as she's saying goodbye, she like smiles, but it's a sad smile. And I was like, yeah. Melissa. Oh, it's, it's hard. I mean, like, like just literally like two seconds they have like two mm-hmm. seconds to recover from getting out of this like ditch mm-hmm. like almost like an oil change pit or something like that and like a, a yeah. good thing and they she just is like hey i gotta go and then now they find out oh my gosh it's coming for wakita like you said yeah. um man it's rough yeah melissa I, just gets the shaft the entire film i do have a fun fact but i'll wait till you to tell the next part about wakita but i do have a really cool fact Ooh, about that okay Cool. So, so Melissa stays, and that's the end of this um, engagement, essentially. And so Bill and Joe. Oh, I should I should also say um, they they start heading towards uh, to Wakita to go see because they they mm-hmm. know like Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is like is it's like Wakita took a, a direct hit, and they're like oh no. So they go to Aunt Meg's house and they see that it's totally destroyed, but she's all right. And so, so when when when. Uh, 
I will talk about what's next. That Joe realizes by staring at because if you remember at all this movie, Aunt Meg had like um, sculptures, like wind sculptures yeah. and things uh-huh. that she would create. And so she's staring at them in all this debris and all this destruction, and and that structure or her aluminum um, or her wind sculptures are still standing. And at that point, she realizes that like aluminum cans are light enough to actually carry the sensors from from Dorothy to fly into the air and into the tornado. So that's when they like rush to change out the sensors and add like um, aluminum can propellers. Pepsi to cans to be specific. A Pepsi ton of them. Cans. Sponsor. So many Pepsi. No I, big deal. I will say that's one of my favorite like tropes. I don't know if that's the term for it, but like tropes mm-hmm. in movies is when, or in TV shows where it's like somebody sees some mundane item and it's like, I have a cunning plan. And then just because they saw this random item and it, like no one watching has any idea what the, what the connection is. And then they show them doing something else that was a huge leap in logic. Of and there's always a Bren presence. Yeah. Always Bren presence. So man. when they were riding into town there to go find her, as you mm-hmm. might recall, there was like the whole town that they had just driven through like a few mm-hmm. scenes earlier was completely gone. Like everything. Yeah. Like it was just smoldering like just some ashes, some things that caught fire, all that kind of stuff. That town of Wakita was literally destroyed. The real town of Wakita, that's right, Oklahoma, had part of its downtown area demolished by the film crew for the series of the Twister Passes. The studio then paid for the downtown to be rebuilt. (gasps) So, And then they also kept a new fire truck used in the film. So, yeah, so they just said, like, it's cool, you can destroy our downtown. As long as you pay for a new one. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a wild thing to do. I mean, I uh okay. Fun fact though. What? I'm sorry, I've got all kinds of fun facts. No, there, hit me. Wakita is the site of the uh Twister Museum. Yes. Um, which is wonderful. I, I had a I, I looked it up just to take a look. It looks nice, it's pretty small. But uh <laughs> but basically it's uh it's like a small little museum. I'm guessing it was probably part of the reconstruct of the downtown uh, where they have like parts and stuff from the movie. And it got mm-hmm. a 4.8 out of 4.8 out of 5 rating on Google. So, you know, check it out if you're ever in the area. <laughs> yeah. I, I, w- one of my plans this year, had it not been for the pandemic, was to take about two weeks and just be in Oklahoma in May. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go to that as well as this other site, which I'll talk about here in a little bit, I think. Nice. But um, but there, I was gonna do, I was gonna do that, but the pandemic hit, and I was like, "Oops, can't go spend two weeks in hotels during a global pandemic." I guess so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe twenty twenty one. Maybe we'll see. Maybe twenty twenty two. Eyes on the prize eventually. So after they, after the crew begins assembling all these aluminum propellers onto their sensors, guess what happens? Uh, boom! Another giant tornado. <laughs> How lucky! How fortuitous can- luck! Can you just imagine? Can you even imagine? And of course, it's just like raging. And to me, this there were a lot of oopsies in this film. Um, none that I, I totally caught right off the bat, but this one stood out to me because it's like there's this enormous tornado, like legit EF5 size kind of situation yeah. going on. I think they say it's a mile wide at some point. Yes. Yeah. And we can talk about that, too. This is this is interesting. But um, but it's a sunny day. <laughs> It's just, so like they're doing all this and they're just dealing with a sunny day. It's like, uh. Yeah, oh, they just okay. wanted to indicate that it is, in fact, morning time now. But, yeah, the fact that you're like, there's, a, there's an EF5. But it seems like they drove a really long way. Only only reason I think that is because 
it would have taken so absurdly long to apply those Pepsi, those pop pop cans to all of those yes. little balls because they had to do so much work to do that. So I'm thinking it was a pretty long distance away to that tornado. Yo, Oklahoma's just not that big. I'm telling you, it's not that big. They, maybe they went up to Kansas. Let's just say, let's just say for sure. fun, for fun in this game that the last one was in Kansas. But, um, but yeah, it was it was very interesting. So they're gonna try again to launch Dorothy into this tornado, and so Bill does this amazing Tokyo drift move to get Dorothy into position, and <laughs> so that he can throw his truck like out of there. But uh, oops, it gets knocked down by a tree. Dorothy does, and There's all the sensors so much the debris. So much debris. And this is true. This is a real thing. This is why you got to either not chase mm-hmm. or just stay away from tornadoes. Um, but anyway, you do what you do. This enters probably a pretty spooky part of the film for others. This is where the tanker truck gets picked up by that nader uh-huh. and gets launched into the air. And and it just gets picked up and it gets thrown right in front of them. And then it takes a little while, but it does explode. And that's kind of terrifying, actually. It um, is. You want to know what else terrifying. is? You want to know what else is terrifying to a What's to that? a film studio? Yeah. That explosion of the oil tanker. Uh, the first time around, it was mistimed and was not caught on film. No. They literally destroyed an oil tanker, and it was and so Debont, I guess, who's like the guy who was doing like the scene or whatever, <laughs> decided not to tell the studio immediately. And then the stunt was reset and filmed again, costing a rumored five hundred thousand dollars. Oh my <laughs> gosh! And in nineteen ninety six, that was like seven billion dollars. Oh, that's back. so much money! Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's insane! Oh, what a oh, what, that must have been a very frustrating day on set. Holy moly! Um, okay, so now we see on this tornado. We know that we see that Jonas and his team are on the tornado as well, and despite being warned. The tor- that the tornado was going to be shifting courses by Bill and Joe, Jonas and his team basically drive right into to the tornado. And so this was, again, right feeding into the fact that, like, he doesn't have the instincts. He's just in it for the sponsorships. Well, guess what? They get – the driver gets, like, some kind of tower or something slammed yeah. in through the windshield, like, through his chest. And then the tornado is like, I'm not done with you. And it picks up the car and throws yeah. it, and it explodes. It, it almost felt like the metal beam going through and killing the driver at first was ir- uh, irrelevant since he was about to get picked up by yeah, it and exploding anyway. That's just insult to injury. Now, uh, this is this is more of an interesting fact for anyone who is curious about this. If you're not, I'm sorry for all this, but this is very interesting. The sad thing is that this almost exact scenario happened um, to to a very like well-known, well-respected, well-loved mm-hmm. researcher and chaser. His name was Tim Samaras. Um, this happened to him with the, if you look it up, it's the El Reno tornado in 2013. It happened in Oklahoma, El Reno, Oklahoma. This, his car with his son and his other chaser partner was picked up and tossed. Unfortunately, this is a crazy scenario. The tornado there was like over a mile wide as well, but be the, the, the EF5 rating was not given to this tornado because it's more about destruction. It does to property. Right. And buildings and stuff like that. I think it was like an EF3 or something. But it's just it's just what's interesting about this film is how true it is and that tornadoes can shift courses. This is exactly what happened with the El Reno tornado. It went a different direction. These things happen and it, it can. So this is actually very dangerous. And, it, and even though it was just a part of this movie, art imitates life, unfortunately. Yeah. Even though this thing with El Reno happened, you know, nearly 20 years later. And to touch on the thing I said at the beginning, it, it feels like they really wanted to make every single one of these tornadoes very sentient because every single yes. one of them, I mean, if you're, if you're being honest, they changed course, like changed direction 
in every situation, basically, uh, yeah. directly towards them. Because if you're watching it, the tornado is clearly going a different direction, and then it's like comes directly for <laughs> our protagonists, or in this case, yeah. our semi-antagonists, semi- Bulk, Bulk and Skull. And that was hard because it seemed like, in, in this instance, in the movie, it was like, just stop driving. Like, I don't care if, if Jonas Miller is such, I mean, because it was the driver that was being told to do yeah. something by And by he kept Jonas saying, Miller. he was like, I, he's like, they wouldn't put our lives in danger. And yeah, and so he was, uh, he just, but he apparently was just like, well, this is my job and it's worth more than my life. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it was just, it was just bizarre. Should have happened in this film, but it did. And at this point, Bill and Joe are like, yo, that's crazy, but we're going to keep trying to get Dorothy because <laughs> like, they realize now that she needed to be anchored down. She was too light. So they have her anchored down to, to Bill's red truck and they drive the truck into the tornado and like they bail on the truck. As it, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they put a I don't remember if they put a brick or anything in there, but like they're gunning it into the, tr- the tr- tornado. They hop out of the truck. And then <laughs> Dorothy and the truck get picked up and all the Pepsi cans save the day yeah. and all the sensors go up into the tornado and they get all the, all the data. It, it noms down hard. It's My favorite so hard. thing was they're standing like maybe like 50 yards away from this tornado celebrating. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of they're, there. They're trying to fist bump an F5, Andy. EF5, that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> but they don't. And they realize, okay, we're in the path of the storm, which begins this amazing foot chase of the biggest tornado you have ever seen. It is yeah. throwing debris at them left and right. And this is extremely dangerous situation, movie or not. Um, they should have been killed like within 30 seconds of being out of the oh, truck, absolutely. but they didn't. Absolutely not. Because this is a movie. So they're running. Fences are being thrown at them. Debris is being thrown at them. They end up inside this like crazy shed that's full of like machetes and things like that <laughs> for some reason. Like, nope. But- <laughs> yeah, and then they end up tethering themselves with a belt to a pipe that's like connected deep into the ground and the EF5 overcomes them and it takes everything away from them and then Joe with her I she's always wanted to see an EF5 well she got to see the eye like the inside of it, the EF5 That was a as, really cool part. Like I will say it like is. aside from the suspension of the disbelief that they weren't hit by any debris in this massive tornado that was clearly yes. throwing debris the entire time uh it was a really cool visionary, visual, visual scene there. It re- it really was. It really was completely unrealistic because let's be honest, like they should have been destroyed immediately. But okay, it's a movie, and sure, it passes. Everything's fine, and as they're sitting there in pure destruction, Bill and Joe kiss, and that seals the deal, and it wraps up the movie. That is Twister. Banana, no, no. <laughs> Oh wait, wrong movie. <laughs> wrong movie. But it feels that way. So, so a couple of other things that we wanted to touch on on this film were the CGI effects, and then also really, really cool stuff from trivia. Yes. So, sh- should we do CGI or trivia first? Let's go with some CGI stuff, and I'll, okay. I'll catch the rest of it on trivia. I, I think you've got the most interesting stuff hiding in trivia, so we'll do mm-hmm. CGI. So, the studio Industrial Light and Magic was the one that got tasked with creating the tornadoes for this film. Um, they were. Not a small fry bit. They had done Jurassic Park. They had worked on Casper and, of course, Jumanji. As no big deal. we heard earlier, they, you know, the reduce, reuse, recycle zebra from, <laughs> from Jumanji. Okay. The reduce, reuse, recycle zebra. That's amazing. Why, why remake it, man? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So the real trick here, though, was creating something that was real because what the, a good chunk of the audience had, had 
I not maybe a good chunk, but like a reasonable portion have probably seen a tornado in person, person. maybe mm-hmm. not by choice, but they've probably seen one. And so no one has seen a raptor for real. No one's seen a Casper <laughs> ghost. So it's like, we have to make this really believable because Pete, this is a real thing that can just happen. And so that was the task that they had on their hands. And so those uh, industrial light and magic that were tasked with this spent about 10 weeks using a software called Dynamation to help create millions of tiny particles that made up a spinning, fast-moving funnel cloud. Um, And the results of, like, what they created was super scary to them. They were like, this is awesome. Also, I don't like it, but it's amazing. And the first time they took the test footage out to Hollywood, it was sold the same day, resulting in Warner Brothers and Universal Pictures presenting and distributing this film as well. And so this turns apart where it was super interesting to me they the fine-tuning of the tornadoes was actually pretty tricky because spielberg once sent a note um over to the team calling the tornadoes um astonishing looking but also said and i love this line the twister looks a bit like a man who dyes his hair <laughs> there's something that's not quite realistic what? about it yeah the spielberg's oh he's not saying team. literally he's comparing it to that okay yeah he's just saying like it just doesn't look exactly right it looks like a man who dyes his hair and i was sure. like that's a very interesting observation but they've i would say they did a great i mean still to this day it holds up pretty well of course the cg from 96 is not going to be i mean the cg if someone were to do a cg tornado in 2020 i i don't think i could be like it looks much tear like crazy better than the stuff they did with twister right but they did a great job and they were coming off the heels of Jurassic Park and CG was kind of having a huge heyday in that time. I think it holds up to this day just as Jurassic Park did. It's a su- the sure. tornadoes are super scary. Yeah, like you said, the cow, not so much, but the rest of it was very the good. The cow, not so much, but you know, when you get a reskinned llama or whatever the hell that was, llama. you get, I was, <laughs> it's a zebra, but that's okay. It's a zebra. So yeah, that's, that's just a little bit of CGI, but I know Andy has more in trivia. So I'd like to hand the baton over to Andy for this. Yeah. And I will know just cause it was interesting. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. about, about the Jurassic Park, like nobody's seen a raptor before, so it's easy. And I was like, maybe that's why it holds up so well now. I mean, it was really great. I will always say Jurassic Park killed it on the CG, but uh, it is funny. You're like, wow, I guess you can't say like, oh, man, they really missed the mark on that Velociraptor that I've seen so many of. Right. Um, and and I, if I may also say this real quick, there are storm chasers that produced videos that they were too close to this year that watching them, I was like, this doesn't look real. It doesn't like mm-hmm. sometimes they don't look real when they are. And I, I know the chasers, they're legitimate people. They would never, you know, make a CG product just to be like, <laughs> they're real. And and like, so it seems interesting to me that that something that would not look very real actually is very real because the real thing sometimes doesn't look real itself. Right. It's just the wildest <laughs> thing. But I digress. I digress. Okay. So speaking of the special effects stuff, I, I wanted to mention real quick. So one of the reasons that Jan DeBont, uh, the director, Sign on Not the, to boot. <laughs> I, 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 that's, I, I didn't realize I did have it spelled correctly somewhere. So Jan DeBont, not Jan DeBoot, signed on to direct the film was that given the rapid rise of CGI in the 1990s, he saw this as perhaps the last opportunity to, do it, to direct a large-scale film with practical effects, um, which I think is a super cool thing as being like, hey, like, I see CGs coming, and mm-hmm. we got to do this now before it's just too late to do anything. So, And he basically it proved that he ended up being right after CGI quickly was taking over everything after that um but i like it the fact that like i said with like the ice machine you know like the ice thing and everything like that and yeah. uh various other cool like little things that they did like exploding an actual tanker mm-hmm. you know destroying an entire town those kind of things that are like nobody would do that today <laughs> that is insane 
Uh, but I love it. So yeah. Uh, some other trivia. So originally, when the movie came out, uh, its tagline was going to be "It sucks." Oh. Um, <laughs> but the producers felt that it worked too much to the advantage of disappointed audiences and, and critics. So basically, they thought you know they had That's the foresight hilarious. to be like you know what, it's funny and it's a good joke now, but everybody is going to have a field day with saying they were right. It sucks. <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah. So they, they abandoned that. Uh, the sound of the tornado, the one that you said kind of sounded like dogs, was actually a recording of a camel's moan slowed down. <sighs> I just, I don't, like, I, it's, it's one of those things where I just want to know, like, what was going on in their head to be like, you know what, I, this kind of sounds like a slowed down camel. <laughs> You know, yeah, you know what? Now, I, I, I've heard the moan of a tornado before. It is terrifying. I would not mm-hmm. say I heard anything like that in the movie. Um, I, I heard dogs barking, and now I know that I actually heard a, a chopped and screwed camel <laughs> sound. Like you heard, you heard very slow camels barking. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned, so uh, Lisa and I were discussing this beforehand. After Bill Paxton, Paxton passed away, I believe 2017, um, recently passed away. Um, Spotter Network choreographed 200 storm chasers to spell out BP with their GPS tracker blips on a radar display in honor of him, mm-hmm. uh, which is so cool. Uh, yeah, this, this kind of tribute this kind of tribute had only done five times before, and it was the first time it had been done for someone who wasn't a storm chaser. So isn't that interesting? Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the I'm part of the Spotter Network, and it's really fun to see all these little red dots on the on the yeah. map moving around whenever you're chasing. But they there yeah they they do that. There was someone else who passed recently in the chasing community, and they did it for for her as well. And it was a it was a lot. So yeah, they, that's awesome. They're, they're they're a really good group of people. They are. Yeah. So any kind of like community like that. I mean, especially something where it's like. It takes a certain breed of person to, to be into yeah. that, you know. Did you did you see how far it went though? It was like all the way from the Texas Panhandle all across Oklahoma and into Kansas. That's how Whoa. many people did the BP. If you look it up on YouTube, you'll see it. I was like, they can't possibly no. It was Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. The BP was all over the central United States. That was incredible. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome, and I'm sure because a lot of people probably in Kansas were like, we want to get involved. And they're like, fine, we'll do it all. <laughs> like, we'll bored. do it all the way there. We're bored up here. Yeah, that's fair. So. With a very loud and bass-heavy surround channel, this film was notorious for destroying surround speakers in theaters in the U.S. and worldwide, which I can attest to because as someone who saw this in theaters, I remember it just being deafening, um, which I mean, like, I'm 11, but like, you know, a 11-year-old seeing a PG-13 movie, not that unusual. This is one that I definitely saw in theaters yeah, um, at least once for sure, maybe twice. Um, so that was super crazy. Just think that theaters all across the world <laughs> just had to be like, we got to get new speakers because Twister. <laughs> I cannot believe that. That's yeah. wild. Uh, a jet engine from a Boeing 707 was actually used to generate wind in some of the scenes. So a lot of the oh. scenes that had like wind blowing and everything, they had a jet engine just blowing. Like that's what I mean when I say the practical uses because that is so wild to think about that. Like these real things to generate uh, these different sound effects and scenes and stuff like that. Unreal. Weirdly enough, this was the first movie ever to be released on DVD and the last movie ever to be released on HD DVD, which I can personally attest to. My little brother had an Xbox, which had an attachment for HD DVD, and uh, he had a bunch of movies, and he still does. Um, And I think there was like this huge going out of business sale because they were like, maybe we can beat Blu-ray, and then they didn't. So... (laughs) Uh, that's just funny that they kind of started and the ended that. So, 
Let's see. Helena Hunt was injured filming the scene where the truck drives through the corn where the door was forced back into her head. So, like, she had oh. opened the door and then it went... Phew. And so later the later they had the door wedged open physically so it would not do that again. Wow. Yeah. So the set piece where the F5 tornado begins hurling farm equipment uh, into Joe and Bill's path uh, near the end was achieved by suspending the equipment from powerful helicopters and releasing them on cue. Again. <gasps> Again, I that's so cool compared to CGI. Like, just the fact that they were actually destroying this massive farm equipment. Because farm equipment is, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, that's so much. Um, so, that's yes. Insane. So, they used some CGI in it as well to add some mm-hmm. debris and everything like that. But for the most part, it was actual harvesters and things like that that were dropped. Um, filming in Oklahoma was actually briefly delayed. Um, due to the sad bombing of the Alfred P. Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City on April 19, 1995. The cool part was that m- most of the crew uh, actually went to the site to help with recovery efforts um, wow. of the building. So that was cool. Uh, going through just a few more. Tom Hanks was the original choice for the role of Bill Harding. Uh, can't blame him there. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> uh, Hank read lines with the cast and even chose the character's wardrobe. So like, he was like in it, um, which stayed in the final film. Uh, before he dropped out um, and Kurt Russell and Michael Keaton were other possible considerations. Bill Paxton ended up being chosen due to his quote, Southern everyman charm end quote on a recommendation from director James Cameron. Oh, well, I mean, he, I mean, he knocked yeah. the role out of the park. So yeah, I'm guessing, great, I'm guessing fit. it was because he was, they must've already filmed some of Titanic or something like that at that point, even though it was going to be, wait, how, when did Titanic come out? Was that 97 or 99? Ugh, now it's not the time. Right, no, not 99. My... <laughs> I want to say it was 97. I think it was 97, yeah. Yeah. So it's possible. So trailers for the film contain a shot that was not actually in the film. Like on a lot, like every single trailer. There was this truck tire being hurtled toward the viewer. So it was like coming right at the screen and it was never used in the movie. Evidently, this was literally just a test shot that they created during the pre-production to prove that CGI was capable of executing the effects sequences needed uh, with the necessary level of realism. Wow. And they said, hey, this is cool, and it was worthless, so I guess we'll use it for the for the previews. Huh. Thanks, let's guys. See. Thanks, Love everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So it was originally shot as an R-rated film that featured profanity and grislier wound details. Uh, the film was edited down to PG-13 in post-production, which caused additional scenes with Carrie Elwes and Philip Seymour Hoffman to be left out of the cut- left on the cutting room floor due to the content alone. So just because they had so much swearing and stuff, which makes sense because there's some big actors to just mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> have like, honestly, even uh, Carrie Elwes like didn't have a huge part. Like they did barely showed him in certain, certain parts of the movie. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of other uh, parts of the movie, they literally had to mute or replace uh, to secure that PG 13 rating. And one last thing at the end of the movie, Bill remarks that the tornado didn't take the house. Uh, basically because they were at that farm and that Mm -hmm. uh, everything got taken down but the house. In fact, it was originally supposed to. Uh, The Hardin County, Iowa Historical Society and many citizens objected to the house being blown up, so it was spared. The area is now a tourist attraction as the rubble from the barn and fences is still there exactly as it was in the movie. No way. Yeah. And apparently Iowa? So apparently that, that end scene was shot in Iowa, not in Oklahoma. 
Well, maybe. Okay, so they. They. I mean, if they were driving all night, yeah, from yeah, Oklahoma I guess to it's Iowa, possible I they could have gotten there. Yeah, yeah. So we said Kansas, but yeah, maybe Iowa. Instead, <laughs> Close so. enough. Yeah. So, anyways, that is it for the trivia. Man, I love this movie. Even I aside from the fact that, like, I it inspired me to like take my hobby into more of a whole thing. It's like this movie's just good, and I don't like action films. But I love this movie. Yeah, awesome. I mean, it, and I, I'm so glad, like I said, we covered this one time, but it's funny in 90s court, like we both cover a thing and there's so many movies that I'm like, oh, I've talked about it recently, but I didn't even think about, it. I still haven't seen that movie in a long time because Lisa covered it. Yeah. Um, that's how, the case with a lot of them. So in this case, um, yeah, I was so thrilled to be able to watch it again. Uh, super worth a rewatch. Um, I will say that when I was in college during a certain portion, there was one 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 apartment that we would go to frequently where they had three televisions one tv was playing whatever everyone was watching and the other two were playing twister and Waterworld. uh so i just wanted to let you know that twister was playing nonstop in in this apartment that we would visit so that sounds like a place Uh, i want to go party so hard so So, uh but um, awesome but thanks everybody i think that's all we're gonna we got for today as we mentioned this was not so short (laughs) Of a, no. of a case but uh again this has been an awesome opportunity we love this show very much and we're super glad to be able to cover it um and uh if you didn't like it well the, the real hosts will be back next week so <laughs> true. mommy and daddy will be back next week yes they will and yeah. as we say on 90s court until next time stay, stay rad. rad awesome thanks guys hey there it's me again andy Thanks for sticking around to the end. Lisa and I had a blast doing this episode, and we really hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you want to check out our show, 90s Court, search 90s Court in the podcast app of your choice, or visit us at 90s Court on both Facebook and Twitter, or at 90s.court on Instagram. If you do decide to listen to 90s Court, be sure and follow us on the social media app of your choice, as this is where you, the listener, get to decide the winner of each week's court case. And to our friends, Robin, Marcy, and Adam, we love you guys. Thanks for letting us take the wheel for a week.